she does she's not actively mormon but she lives in idaho because her husband goes to byu idaho she doesn't like the church before mm-hmm. all of her family is mormon so they're like you're married for five years where's the baby she has yeah. to steal it and she so far has not been able to have a kid uh-huh. but on top of that she also has other mental issues that if she didn't work out her baby would suffer you right know? right it's 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 the hardest thing i've ever done like postpartum i have bad postpartum anxiety when i was pregnant i had bad depression and like i don't even know how to survive my pregnancy because i was so, so suicidal most of my pregnancy mm-hmm. and so after i had that baby i was like how dare they tell women that this is what they were born to do because yeah. I mean, it's the greatest honor of my life to be able to raise my son, mm-hmm. but it's an honor. It's not a given. Yeah. There are people who are out there dealing with their trauma that turn around and abuse their kids or right. pass that down or, or maybe you don't love your kid like that because postpartum does that and, you know, and you feel such guilt, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to say that women are only meant to have kids. Um, because that's not all there is to life. Right. And hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So I wonder, Natalie, I feel like you would have, you would have, uh, Oh, I, oh my gosh. I never introduced you. Oh, hello. <sighs> well, I'm so rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's start over. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> It's me, your girl, Natalie, and we have a very special guest. I'll let her introduce herself. Oh, me? It's because you forgot to introduce me. (laughs) Yes, I forgot to introduce you. We're going to cut this, and we're going to splice and dice it, and you won't even know. (laughs) Really? I like that. I guess I'll introduce myself. I just say Lexus. Yeah. To be fair, as a Mormon, I went through by Lexi, and you asked me about that. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate that I went by that so much. So much. So it was it was definitely do you feel like it was a code switch in a way? Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody knows when they I don't know why. It's only it's only the white people I've interacted with that just when they read my name can't understand that it's Lexus. But it's like the car. It's so spelled I spelled the same that. way, isn't it? Like it's literally spelled how? like the car. Yeah, and that's so, so weird. They kind of shortened it for me or called me Alexis, so it just I just stuck with it. Right. Well, so Lexis and I, we actually met in college through one of my friends. So we had a mutual friend, and um, that's how we met. And we've just kind of been friends ever since. Now, she lives in Texas. I obviously live in Arizona, but... Um, We often will talk about different things, different hot topics, because we kind of have a a lot of the same ideologies, I I would like to think, about certain things. And yeah, and like, I feel like we just constantly are sharing information with each other and just bouncing off thoughts and... um, Maybe, like, different perspectives. Maybe you read different books than me. You know, you grew up a black woman in minnesota for so long that's a different environment than how i grew up that's true that is true i did did not have the typical typical like child black childhood if you will oh man and we will go into that on another day because that is a long ass story i will say though in minnesota it's well even in idaho 
and I and I know it differs, but I've always been able to like, especially in Idaho, it's like I gotta find all the black people and be their friends because that's where I feel so yeah. comfortable. And there was only like five of us, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I tried. I honestly tried. What I did is I actually went to the um, like the student resources officers or whatever, and I asked if they had like a club. I asked if they had a club for the Black Student Union, which I don't know any college that does not have that club. But what I found out, <laughs> which we shouldn't be surprised about, is that like the year before I started going to BYU Idaho, they disbanded all of the like the cultural clubs in uh, at BYU. So all of the colleges they like disbanded all of. What was that? What was the point though? Oh, oh, I'll tell you because I was like, why? I was so confused. So they did it because, first of all, because they're racist and they didn't want people banding together and othering themselves but what they said is that they they did it under the guise of we want to create genuine community we don't want people to feel like they're excluded um whereas like for me it was incredibly isolating to come to a college that was pretty much all white and then like not have a community or a support system or people that understood my background or like where i came from or like the fact that um i am not i have never lived in a place where i was the only black person before like Just that was literally, important literally i've never lived in a place where i was the only person of color like, yeah there's always somebody who looked like me or was dark, or like you know exactly understood. there was a general like that general um you you read that book why do all the black kids sit together in the cafeteria yeah yeah yep. that's that's what it feels like literally exactly. Natalie, my biggest regret in life, not only is Mormonism, but just BYU-Idaho. True, true. And I thought I was doing myself a service because um, it was so affordable, but it ended up screwing me majorly because, like, now I have all these credits that don't transfer, and they refuse to acknowledge that they totally lied to me and played in my face about my major. So I'm pretty much like a college dropout with no prospect of ever going back because I'm not going to start over from scratch because I have two and a half years <laughs> on my belt. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Especially, it was just rough. Because, you, you know, at that school, there was a lot of Brazilians. There was a lot of, there was a lot, not a lot. Yeah. But there were people from different countries that came. And yes. I think that is absolute bs that they can't have like a culture yes like you know like a people who come from a different country and are trying to fit in or trying to understand america or people who have never been around so many white people that right right (laughs) no like there were always so many international students but then like they thought that it was a smart idea to disband all the cultural clubs like how does that make sense it's just you're just making it seem like it's not really a welcomed atmosphere. Like you want the numbers of the international students and the diversity, but you don't want to actually support a diverse um, campus. Like I'm pretty sure there was only five African-Americans. It was me, you, Latissa, this girl, then two other people. Like his name was Rachel, of course, was their friend. Mm -hmm. One guy. And then one other girl that I remember whose name I thought was marijuana. And I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I can't remember either, though. That was it. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. And like, okay, so you were going to tell me your experience. Somebody had came up to you. Because I have an experience like that too. But I want to hear yours first. This was in Utah. Oh, this was I, in Utah. Okay. One of my good friends, um, we're still friends now. Her name is Laura. Mm-hmm. She invited me over and her roommate, you share the same name. Mm-hmm. Her roommate is so traumatizing. Her roommate also has sisters sisters who are married to Nigerians. So she's been around what? biracial kids. Um, so I don't know why she did this. And I can't remember. No, I know what happened. I said, look, I met this guy when I was hiking. Of course, he was Nigerian. I thought he was cute. I said, show the picture. She's like, he's not that cute. I forget. And then she goes, and you need to be careful for those Nigerians. They smell gross. (gasps) Oh, hell no. Yes. What? I don't know why I didn't call her. It's because I was born. Yes. Yes. It's real. And then she said, well, I've been around lots of black people, but I like your kind of black people, meaning like I'm oh, white enough. Oh, no. Proper English enough when yep. I make her comfortable enough. Exactly, like, exactly. What if, like, I just, like, what's the word, switched on your ass? Or would yeah. I get you on your ass? Like, and you would, I bet you wouldn't like me then. I bet you like, wouldn't like me then. Like, you think, you think that I, like, I know how to survive around a group of white people. because Exactly. Curious. I'm lucky enough that I know how to code switch and switch my language to fit who I'm with. Mm -hmm. I know I can't be speaking slang in a job interview. Mm -hmm. And I can't, in in Mormon church, like, what's that going to get me? Oh, oh, man. That's insane. Like, my jaw dropped. And I was like, "Um, thank you. But I knew what she was saying. offended i wish i had told her off but also i mean don't we all when those situations happen like in it's uh, hindsight is you know 2020 you know like (laughs) we all have had those situations and we all wish we had said something but it's like you said you're in a you're in a survival mode you don't want to like be othered as that aggressive black woman who called me out out for being racist even though she was being racist like you you were in survival mode. You didn't want to cause any problems. Tears are a bitch. Let me tell you. And I'm sure she was one of the carrots. Well, obviously, she was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like because sometimes because I've had several racist experiences in my life, not just with the Mormons, but a mm-hmm. lot of it was because you know, all my childhood, I've I never really been friends with. It sounds so mean or so wrong, but I've never really had opportunities to be friends with white people until I became a Mormon. And, like, that's all there was around you. And you're supposed uh-huh. to make friends with other Mormons. You can't go out. And apparently everybody else got the memo that the church was racist, but I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> Me I, neither. I def- yeah, so it was like... It's like, not only did I was I, like, stunned that I actually, like, out her mouth that... You know, but mm-hmm. also like I've had com- people come up to me and like rub my skin and yep. be like, "Well, yep. you're clean, but too bad you're not clean enough." You know, as in reference to, especially I'm biracially black, so wow. it's like, "Oh, you you could have been, but you weren't." Wow, you know? wow, yes. Yeah, See that? that um, that's kind of what happened to me. So, like, literally, my first day on campus, I had just moved in. <laughs> yeah literally because i had there all my roommates were white and honestly my roommates were great so i didn't have i didn't have any issues um and it was this was i never had any issues with race really 
until I moved to Idaho. Like, when I was in Utah, I was honestly okay. Um, And I think it was just the crowd that I surrounded myself with. But my first day on campus, I had posted my old backpack that I had from a previous um, school experience, like, that I was in. And I was going to sell it because I wanted to get a new one. And um, this girl wanted to buy it, so she came over. And she took one look at me. And she came over. And she said first of all she started crying and I should have known I should have known something was wrong when she started crying because because why are you crying because why exactly like why are you crying when I'm like I just opened the door so first she started crying and then she started apologizing and she said verbatim what she said was I've never seen a black person in real life and I was like what the and she started like touching my arm and I was just yeah and I was just like okay if I was like first of all hi my name is Natalie yes I'm black we do exist outside of Idaho like congrats I guess this is your first time meeting a black person we're not scary we don't ah, we don't bite you you know like uh, I don't know and she just couldn't she just could not get her mind around the fact that I was black and I was standing right in front of her she just kept saying I've only seen black people on tv and I'm like thinking honey you really need to get out because that's what I'm saying that's not normal these are the same people who vote for laws that say like oh racism Racism doesn't doesn't exist exactly you've never met a black person you have no black friends exactly black life is and then you're gonna tell black people that their life isn't reality because you've never seen it but you've never been around black people to have seen it exactly you don't know you do not understand because you have no concept because you've never been surrounded or had friends or talked about it with an actual black person or a person of color like you don't you can't it's just a non-argument but anyways i just thought yeah i just thought that was nuts i would shut the door (laughs) i know i'm like i don't need your i don't need your racist money like get the hell get the hell out of here you gotta go gotta go (laughs) but yeah that was my first and last and honestly like after that experience i kind of just stuck with the friends that i knew because i was like if everyone is like this around here I don't want to, I just don't want to talk to anybody because I don't want to be that other, you know, like the othered person. Yeah. It's always uncomfortable. So, but anyways, how did you, really briefly, how did you come to find the church and convert uh, and at what age? They got me young. Me too, girl. <laughs> it got me young too. From my mom's house. My mom was Mormon. Mm-hmm. She told me verbatim, I took one time inside the temple and I looked around at the shit and thought, this is weird. And I never came back. She said, it's a she's just like i just sat there doing these i don't know what they are when you like raise your arms and do all these things right like weird she told me but you know (laughs) she said i'm out (laughs) it's like because i had moved to with my uncle who is white and rich and in phoenix Mm -hmm. and i told you about his wife too before when i visited you that's no yeah, that's a story yeah, for another day, I guess. Ward and I heard her that she doesn't like me. She goes, is that Lexus? And I hear her so loud. She's like, and even Rachel and Jeanette were like, she's rude. <laughs> like, wow. So I, they, I moved in with them. And 
you know, I was forced to go to seminary and I was mm-hmm. forced to go to church and that's really just how they broke me down. Yeah. It's yep. literally just a part, like, it's because you're surrounded by nothing but Mormon mm-hmm. doctrine all the time. You have no choice because there's no other, you are not supposed to be critically thinking. Yes. Uh, that I, the, the phrase doubt your doubt before you doubt your fear is like, yes, don't think critically. Yeah, That's basically what it is. It truly is. It is a deterrent for you to actually ask real questions, and it's always it is always what um, that the phrase that is given when you have a serious problem with something in the church. Because I remember I definitely have was very vocal about my concerns and my issues. And even when I was going through the um, baptism process, like getting baptized, because I, I found the church when I was 16, but didn't get baptized till I was 18. Um, and I just remember hearing that, like, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith or whatever. And and it's like, okay, I, I understand what they're trying to say with that. But then on the other end of the stick, what you're really doing is trying to avoid having a genuine, real conversation about a problem that I have like you're essentially gaslighting me and saying like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be thinking about this like if you were truly faithful you wouldn't have a problem with it and you would just trust that it's all the Lord's plan and that it's Mm -hmm. all it's all meant to be so I had a huge problem with that phrase because it's just it's awful like exactly like you said it's like, well, I was talking to my uncle when I was, and you know, when I saw him last, and he's like, I try to have these conversations with members, but they shut me down. Right. As if you ever have any, if you have any question that might stray away from the prophet or the Book of Mormon it's teaching, that it's because you let Satan into your heart. And if you exactly. let Satan into your heart, then it's because you didn't read enough, so you need to go pray about it. Mm-hmm. But I, at one point, Natalie, I think I told you, like, when I decided it was time for me to, like, um, do research, it was because I was like, I can't go to heaven with people like these. I Mm -hmm. don't want to be in heaven with, so I'm okay with never going to church again. Yeah. You know, because it's like, if you ever have to try to have an intellectual conversation with anybody, get shut down. Right. Or it's like a, it's like a half-assed, like, I don't know. It's not, you don't go as deep as you should. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be involved with an organization or a church or a group where you can't ask the questions and you're just taught to to follow blindly because there's a difference between having faith in something and just following blindly. Right. When there's a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to follow for what, you know, like, I don't know. That just never sat right with me. And they do their best to make it so that you don't have anything contradicting what they're teaching, you know, because mm-hmm. I demand religion, a cult. You have FHE on Mondays, mm-hmm. Saturday, or like whatever Tuesday is, where the mutual or whatever, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. maybe you have one day off on Thursday. Usually you're volunteering with somebody or Relief Society. Yeah, or... or, or um morning or institute yes. and then three hour church and then um conferences and then munch and mingle and firesides and devotionals and, and, you, and you have a calling exactly and then I visiting teaching if, like you have to do that so it's just i've noticed that if you start to stray enough from the church if they start to see you less then they'll give you a calling right 
so that you have to be involved. Well, and that's that's why I was stuck so long. I honestly think that's why I was stuck there so long is because I was so heavily involved in everything. When do you have time to question anything? Because yeah. Not only living your own life, you have to live your church life. And it's like, I can go on and on about the ways they brainwash you. It's the same with a mission. Mm-hmm. I, w- I asked my friend who's native went on a mission and she came back early because she was so depressed she t- I mean they in the handbook it's like you have to be with somebody all the time mm-hmm. so that you have no chance to think about anything else but but the goal and the goal is to spread Mormonism to get the coins you feel me they yes. need more what else are they gonna more titers legislators do they want to influence with their dollars yeah exactly it's it's just it was too much it was it's exhausting i don't know how people do it their whole life i don't either but uh i guess i won't ever find out because yeah both of us are out we are happy (laughs) now i i did go the full monty because like i said i was very involved and your girl did wear the holy underwear for a good three years three years three years arizona what was that in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes, I sure did. That's a shame. Your poor body. Yeah, it was Rainy. hot. It was hot as hell. I was sweating every day. Like, I was not all right. It was I hot. I was very blessed that bishops denied me entrance into the temple because I think I would have been there longer. They denied you entrance? Yeah, they would not let me go. That's I wild. I was do I would do everything and they would not let me go. Wow. Because like, you know, there's that thing holding you. Like now I'm really officially in. I'm really officially I'm in the yeah. temple and more covenants. Yeah. I can get in serious trouble if I let God or Satan sway me even like an inch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the bishop that actually um gave me my temple recommend, I I feel like he was a more progressive. This was when I was in Utah. He was very progressive. And um, it was kind of well known that our the bishop that we had was just handing them out like candy. Like, And so I was like, I guess I'll shoot my shot. Like, I wasn't even really... <laughs> like, I truly was not ready. And I know that. But I was like, I guess I'll just shoot my shot. Because... Like, well, I get, well, the Mormon church, like, to be a gatekeeper for someone's entrance into heaven, but they be doing that, you know, mm-hmm. to black people, to the yeah. and all that stuff, so, but, like, yeah. as far as Mormonism goes, even, at, maybe, did you ever wonder, like, as a Mormon, it's like, they say we have free agency, but then they do all these things, uh-huh. and make and are trying to like sway the votes so that people can't be gay and be married and it's like what about free agency right but that's that's where i have a problem that's where i have the problem it's the whole thing it's it's a contradiction like you say we have free agency but then you say if we if we use our free agency we have these repercussions right like it just doesn't make sense like you can't yeah, that's the whole point is the church is supposed to teach you and then it's up to you individually right I, like the the mormon church makes it this thing like we're all going down if one person does bad it's all and i gotta save everybody from and everybody's got we've got to be this robot so that we can demonstrate to god that we're worthwhile right I, it was like 
I think Rachel made a point about a post about um, how her relationship with God in the Mormon church was abusive. Yes. And as soon as I left the church, that was one of the first things I was like, this man, this was an abusive relationship. It very much is. Exactly. It's very controlling and very demeaning. And I did not love myself the way mm-hmm. I was supposed to. And that's not very, if there is a God, mm-hmm. uh, I like to think he loves better than the way the Mormons portray him to be. Yes, I agree. I think that for me leaving was when I, I actually was able, when I left organized religion was when I was able to fully understand and grasp, like, if you believe in God's source, a higher being, like I was able to grasp what unconditional love is because I could see it in my friends. I could see it in my peers. I could see it in the relationships that people had with each other. Uh, And it was outside of religion. It wasn't inside. Huh? Go on. Keep going. Oh, I was saying it's, it was outside of religion where it wasn't a forced act of charity or love. Yes. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to, you know, be kind. It was a natural, genuine, like, connection, human connection, because right. we are all on this earth Yo, and should be doing thing. right by each other. Not because Big Sky Daddy told us to, or exactly. President Nelson told us to, or exactly. our Relief Society president told us to. It's because we should. And there are so many instances when I remember in church how judgmental people were, how and blatantly judgmental in public and would just say the most outlandish things on the pulpit in sacrament meeting. And I'm sitting here like, I thought that this was a Christian church. Like, I just, I have yet to find a Christian church that is not hypocritical. Like, I have not found it. And so now that I'm out and I can recognize that human kindness that is just genuine and natural amongst people who are, you know, genuinely unbelievers, if you will, it it changed my whole perspective on what it means to be um, connected to a higher power. Yeah, cause a lot of relationships I made as a Mormon were very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not deep. Yes. There's a whole word I'm looking for. It was, it, they were acquaintances. It was, there is, it was a late, like a light <laughs> layer the purpose of my friendship is what can I get out of it? Usually with right. someone that's in the church, how can I convert you? How can I get you to see the light? Right. If it's, if you know, as a Relief Society president or if you're doing your home teaching, it's I'm going to be your friend, but it's so I can teach, so I can get something out. Like Exactly. It's, it's very, um, there's a term I mean, I'm looking for. That like just, superficial? Superficial. Yeah. Relationship. I'm grateful to have been able to make friends with people that I still love today, mm-hmm. but most of my interactions with the human was superficial. Yes, I agree. And, because when I and, left, I lost all of my friends, and that's how I know. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and a lot of my friends that did leave the church with me, that those are the people I talk to now. Yeah, a lot of the people that I loved very much as a young woman, if they're still in the church, they don't. They probably unfriended me because they don't like my political views or they right. don't like. You know, it's very things that I was like, well, I thought we were friends, but I guess not because I'm not giving you what you need, which is like your baptism. The people that baptized mm-hmm. me, 
um, very superficial. Yeah. And a lot of the church has the phrase like, well, the church isn't the people, but like, then what is it the is. church? Then what is it? it? It literally says that in the Bible. Like, we are the church. Like, we are the body of Christ, which is the church. So when people say like, the church isn't perfect or the people aren't perfect, but the church is perfect, but the people are the church. Like these rules and regulations that you have, they're, they're great and all, but the people who are running the show are the ones that you need to be concerned about. Exactly. Because the church and its people wouldn't act the way they did. If it wasn't a culture that was approved by the person that tells them what to do. Exactly. Tell them what to think. You tell them what to drink. You tell them what to wear. You tell them what to what they can read. What mm-hmm. to, there's a whole culture of the church, and it didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. It's something that proved, or something that is like, well, we don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if it somebody who is outwardly gay, then you got to deal with it. You have to have what do they do to BYU? Wasn't it like a conversion like, therapy? A, yeah. Yeah. Or the native children, they had to be lightened the light some. So yeah. it was like adopt them out to white families black people you can't go to heaven because you're not but you let it's a culture that you promote that's why these people act like this because Mm -hmm. a lot and then there's no accountability about it right absolutely none in the mormon church you don't your personality is almost like the same thing Mm -hmm. like everybody has almost the same person outward personality to one another yes you in the same words when you type on facebook they use the same words have you noticed yep especially they, utah mormons if i'm in there i can't read it <laughs> um it's it's always and i can i can just like give you a few examples because i literally i know exactly what you're talking about um so if they're if people are talking about their families they will say something like um we are so grateful that you that god chose us to be part of your yeah. family um oh i so adore you um we love you so much and like if they're talking about their kids or whatever i've seen this countless times they're like we're so great it's always we're grateful that god chose us that you know that you chose us to be like you chose to be a part of our family like yes it's an yeah it's like the certain phrases and the certain tones that they were they right today I, right I, or even if they have like a hashtag week which then i have to delete my social media because it's the oh i had to delete i have to it's like i'm like hashtag I, give I, thanks i appreciate being grateful like i journal and i write my gratitudes mm-hmm. but you only do thanks when somebody says seven days right. hashtag like the world exactly hashtag, i mean I gave my granola bar to a bum. <laughs> I feel so blessed and humbled. Hashtag give thanks. Like, they use the same, what? Verbi- same words. And I've always had a problem with the way that the prophets speak because they all, they're all they all very educated, sure. But, like, not everybody that joins your church is. Not everybody uses the same. Like, right. you want, I believe it's like a rule for missionaries that they can't speak in slang. Yeah. Too. So it's like... <laughs> I don't like I mean what if I didn't understand what you're saying then I'm supposed to sit there and I feel bad because I don't know what you're saying and right I feel, or I feel I feel you know mm-hmm. and but that's like the whole thing with the Mormons on an outward perspective I'm yeah I feel like well first of all I regret a lot of the things that I said or did as a Mormon mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't we all Guilty. I regret it I feel like 
the last like year of my Mormonism, like when I was living in Utah too, was just miserable. Mm-hmm. I was going through it. Um, you know, our friends Rachel and Jeanette were going through it. Yeah. At a terrible bishop. If you told me if he can't if something happened and he you told me that he was um in jail for like I don't want to say it because it's like the worst things but like sexual assault then I would believe it because wow. oh my god and then you know my the counselor the second bishop whatever that word is mm-hmm. he was, whoever the prophet is now yeah yeah he was married to her daughter so we'd go out to their cabins in Park City and they have nice cabins by the way thanks to tithepayers money yes and but like the bishop would just stare at you Oh, he'd say the worst things. What? This is when Rachel and Jeanette's relationship started going. So they'd go see the bishop, and he'd be like, I'm going to have to excommunicate you. And then he'd look at me like I knew what was going on. He just <gasps> stared at you. Oh, like, oh sir, this is not my concern. Don't look at me. That was it for me. I was so miserable. And I know outwardly I was miserable, too, because it's like <laughs> I hated going to church. And I was like, it's Satan. I'm not doing enough. And yeah. It was like that whole that is the worst part is like letting yourself be okay mm-hmm. to not go to heaven. <laughs> right. That's hard. Honestly. And you know, I think for me it was my, I know I told you this, but my final straws were just the gaslighting that was coming from like church headquarters straight from church headquarters, like in regards to the sexual abuse allegations that um, there was a woman who came out and, uh, had claimed that her previous bishop when she was younger, um, in her 20s or teens, had sexually abused her and some other women. And um, the church essentially tried to cover it up. They had a recording of this man admitting that what he did was wrong and that he did it and that he was sorry. But because the statute of limitation had passed, they couldn't do anything about it. But the church didn't know that there were recordings. So they tried to gaslight this woman and they said that she was a liar and that she's an ex-Mormon. So her, her judgment is clouded and that we shouldn't listen to her. But then once the recordings came out, they had to double back and they had to apologize and they had to do all of this PR work. And it was just a mess. And I'm like, you're really out here lying when you know something happened and then you end up settling with this woman because you know that this is wrong. It was that. And then also, um... Just the fact that for me personally, I had a really awful experience um, with my last ward I was in. Um, The ward itself was amazing. Like the people there were amazing. Um, I had a lot of good friends there. I have one friend that I actually still talk to and I get together with her um, whenever we can. Um, And she's been really supportive of me and she's been great. But (laughs) we had some senior missionaries in the ward and there was an invite only fireside that we were supposed to go to it was invite only it was not public i got a text and it was like there's a fireside devotional um the senior missionaries are putting on and we would love for you to join and i was like oh cool okay i have nothing else going on i guess i'll go some of my other friends were going too so i was like oh this is great like we'll have a nice um experience And when I got there, I quickly realized that it was all of the gay people or people who had gay family members. It was all of, like, the others or, like, the people of color. Um, Oh, and Why was I thinking trying to hide this with a bunch of white heads? Yeah. (laughs) Cis 
yeah so like it was one of my friends who has a gay brother she was there my other friend whose dad left the church and is gay um she was there and then a bunch of members in in the ward who were gay and out and proud which i think is very progressive for the ward which is why i did like the ward so much because it was a very diverse and progressive ward and it almost felt like i was not in a mormon church to be honest um but when they started talking i lost every nerve that I had in my body because essentially, and they, and they told us verbatim, this is what they said. This information is coming directly from church headquarters. We are just trying to get a gauge of how you guys feel about this information. So going into that, we were, we were damn minute. What? Yes. So we were under the impression that this is coming directly from Salt Lake, this information that this is, authorized information that the church has authorized them to share so i was going into that with that with that mentality so when they started talking that's when i like i lost my cool because i was like if this is authorized information directly from church headquarters from the higher-ups then i have a real problem because what they started saying was that um essentially it was an anti-gay propaganda meeting they were essentially saying that um, gay men all have AIDS. Lesbians have sex with 400 different people by the time they die. Um, gay couples should never be allowed to, to adopt a child because the child will be at risk of um, being molested by the parents. Um, and that it's a completely unnatural thing to do. And that the natural family should always be a one man and one woman. Family. Um, and yeah. so I, I stopped listening at that point. I saw that there were people crying I because this is their life. Red. I would have stood up and I, cussed them out. Yeah, I mean, I, I left. I, I pretty much left, like, halfway through because I was like, I'm done listening to this shit. Like, this is awful. And the senior missionary, the, the elder, like, the male, he came out after me because he saw that I was pissed and I was leaving. And he was just like, are you okay? Like, la da 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 And I was just like, I'm not. I'm really not okay. Like, this is awful. And I was honest. And then I actually went to church the next day because it was on a Saturday. And when we got to church the next day, I got pulled aside by the bishop because a lot of people were pissed. A lot of people were mad about what happened. And I was asked if I was okay and if I, you know, this and that. And he was checking in with me. And I was just like, you know... I'm not. I think that this is awful. And I think that this is just disgusting that they ha would have the nerve to do this when they know our freaking elders quorum president is gay, openly gay. And he was sitting there, like, just confused. You are terrible people. I yeah. know you better than you know yourself. I know you have AIDS. And I know you exactly. have 400 people. And I know you're not worth anything. And that you're going to molest a child just because you're that's, gay. That's, that's, that's that's crazy and i i know people will not believe me when i tell them this but i have friends that were there and this is all information that can be verified like this is not fake <laughs> i really sat through this meeting I, I <laughs> and i know there's going to be people out there who will say like that's not true that didn't happen it did happen no, and this is the kind of shit that they're telling that people it, that, what they're going to say now is well that's one person that's not the church's stance but they said that it was coming from church. Exactly. 
but they said it was coming from church headquarters. So I'm like, well, obviously this is whole slideshow that you made with all these bogus ass st- statistics are someone's a fraud at church headquarters because this, there's no way that you can convince me that any of this is true. Like 400 people is a lot. That's what I'm saying. That's like, a per- but even if you did have sex with 400 people, it, that's who, none of your It's business. not your business. Like, it is not your concern at all. I didn't have sex with you. I'll tell you my body count if I'm sleeping with you. If I have AIDS, I'll tell you. Exactly. Like, what? they really just went about it the wrong way. Completely. And then about that whole um, child molester thing, like I said, did not Joseph Smith coerce women and the teenager how many like so many so many and said oh well the world is gonna end if you don't marry me right and then talk about gaslighting you want to talk about morals morals (laughs) but yes let's take 40 wives 40 wives to one man because the lord told me to like i am all for polyamory i welcome it i if you want to have if you want to have multiple partners it's not for me because I emotionally can't even handle one. But like, if you <laughs> if you want to have multiple partners, I am all for it. But what you will not be doing or telling me is that and and keep in mind now the church has condemned polygamy. Uh, polygamy. So at this point, if you're a polygamist, you can't be an active member of the LDS Church. You're an outsider. So keep that in mind now. How are you going to logically tell me that you had 40 wives for the sole purpose of getting into heaven and exaltation? I'm sorry. You just can't convince it. You can't, you can't convince me that it wasn't for the sex. Right. You can't be a hoe. Do that. Right. Like if you're going to be a hoe, be a hoe, be a hoe, Joe, be a hoe, Joe. Like, Nobody, well, I guess the times are different. Yeah. Like, it's like he gets to be a whore, and then if I want to be, then I, I'm then, going to help. Exactly. Then it's it's the other way. Like, wild. Wild. Wow. Just, uh, ain't that crazy? Truly. The Mormon church, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sure they lost a lot of members that day. They, de- they definitely did lose some... Um, some members actually like they the attendance started going down when and they got a new bishopric too and then that's just started it just dropped after that so they still try to contact me i've told them to leave me the hell alone and i also quit mormon.org and got a lawyer and i got my name removed well so i the reason why i'm hesitant about doing that and i will say this gladly on broadcast is because i if I do end up wanting to finish my career, my college career, I will have to finish it either online or on campus, which I'm not going back to that fucking campus. But I've been trying, I like at the beginning of the summer, I was like, I'm just going to try to get like an ecclesiastical endorsement and do um, like the distance learning and like just be a non-traditional student. And that's fine. I don't care. I'll pay the extra whatever $300 it is. <laughs> to go to church to get that endorsement yeah i texted the bishop and he never responded so well there you go that's that was my answer exactly you know when i left the church 
Um, well, I don't know if you were as devastated as I was, because at this point I was inactive, but I still believed, you know, but I was like, I'm not going. If I go to hell, I'll be fine. Right. Um, I'll be down there with little Nas X. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I literally was like, if I go to hell, I am okay. Because these people that I've been around me that are like the good people that the bishop is like, you need to be like them. I don't want to be like them. Exactly. I don't want to go to heaven with you. No. But then when I found the CES letters, I don't know why it devastated me. It was because the Mormon church is your life. So like everything that I thought, everything I said, everything I watched, everything was just... You're like, it's all fake. It's all fake. I mean, I laid on the floor in fetal position crying. It's all fake. Remember, I remember I was like, well now I just feel like my soul is floating in the universe. I felt so comforted. I said, This is it. Like if if I just have to believe in the universe being my source energy, Mm -hmm. if I never have to have a God tell me what to do again, this is where my soul needs to be. It's just floating in this little cocoon in the universe and I'll just do what I need to do to be happy. Exactly. And that's it. And it was that simple. And mm-hmm. I remember one of my good friends, um, he was like, I had to, I, I stopped being his friend. He was like, you're not, I told him, I was like, I'm leaving the church. I texted a group of people. I said, I'm leaving the church. And a lot of the feedback I got was like, okay, good. And there's still my friends today because they left the church too. But he was like, no, you're not. You're just not alert. You're not reading enough. You know, the Mormon thing. Yes. You're not what did Nelson say in the last conference? Ex-Mormons are lazy learners. <laughs> yes. I searched hot, fight, hard and wide to find the the Mormon history books. So I like to think I'm not lazy, but okay. Right. But yeah, he gaslit the, the hell out of me. He was like, well, you just aren't doing your reading. And, and I was like, you know what? You're too toxic. Goodbye. You're too to- These people are toxic. Yep. To themselves and to the people around them mm-hmm. they can be very toxic because like you said if you ask a question they shut it down if you are drinking tea oh you drink tea hmm. mm-hmm. like they or drink- or oh. they like will they will acknowledge what you've said but then they like they'll have a discourse with you like and agree with a lot of what you said but they won't ever publicly acknowledge it or like you know what I mean like, it's right. just, like, behind closed doors, something that they talk about. But they're still active members, and they will never leave the church. It's like, I, mm. I almost feel bad for them, because, like, I know what it's like to be stuck. Yeah. Where it's like, I want to so bad, but what if the church is true, and I just, like, sh- like I showed my ass to God, you know? Because mm-hmm. any time that you explore any of your doubts and questions, that's like flipping off God. It's so right. fucking to Mormonism and Mormons. So it's like I I'm I, I want I want to test the waters so bad. They just need to give themselves the permission. But then when you're surrounded by doing things all the time for the Mormon church, yes. it's hard to ever have the time or the like that give yourself permission. Yeah. Say especially if you have like a Mormon family where it's like I'm gonna lose my family. Exactly. Pursue this. Yeah. You know, how do you do that? My husband, I'm married, I have kids. Right. My, my family's going to judge me. And, and you know, Mormons will say, like, well, I'll still be your friend. Mm-hmm. But you know what they're thinking? Because now I no longer serve you. So it's like, I'll still be your friend, but I'm a judge. You know how Mormons think, Natalie. I yeah. don't know how to explain it, but I know what they're thinking when yeah. they see me 
in shorts or when they see that I'm drinking tea uh-huh. or coffee or that I'm enjoying my second Saturday by going to Target. Right. I know what they think. And so because I know what they think, I know what my family is going to think when they see me not going to church on Sunday when I decide I want to sleep in. Yeah. Or when if I try, like, I, I feel bad for people that are stuck there because of their situation with their family. Right. It's like, my uncle's in that spot, too. He's mm-hmm. like, why? Well, I have questions. And I could tell it's like he's afraid to pursue those questions because not only is nobody engaging in him with the questions because they shut it down, but he, like his whole family, that's his whole life. They make it your whole life that when you leave, you lose everything. Everything. You You're cut support. off from your community. Your friends. You just lost your college credits. Yeah. You lose exactly. health. Help. You lose everything you lose, you lose it all entity <laughs> i lost almost my not myself like i found myself but it's like it feels like my soul was like torn in half and like the worst part of me the mormon part of me was gone but it's hard to let go of it right so like part of me feels bad but also i can't keep having these conversations with people who are like i hate the mormon church and then the next week are like well maybe it's mm-hmm. not so not so bad. I mean, we just talked about why it was so bad. Right. Well, and that's where I am right now because I've got a couple friends like that and I feel like I'm always the gopher for like shitting on the church because I will openly discuss the reasons why I left and why I don't think that it's any of it is true. And they'll call me or they'll talk to me about these things, but then like they will not ever publicly like criticize or ever say anything knowing full well that they probably won't leave and that's their decision but it's kind of like at what point are you gonna you know put your money where your mouth is if you claim that you're tolerant and that you're an ally and that you are anti-racist then why are you still going and being involved with and donating money to a church that is directly directly contributing to these problems like right it makes no sense it's me to the question that i've I've recently come up across is like can you be an ally to the lgbt community if you're a mormon i do not think so Mm -hmm. i do not think so and i will tell you why when you are donating money to an organization or or even affiliating yourself with an organization that has historically and currently done so much damage to the gay community and the trans community and and continues to do so. I mean, we just heard about a case where two active churchgoers got married and were immediately excommunicated Uh for no other reason than because they're gay. I cannot, I cannot see how you can be an ally and affiliate yourself with the LDS church. Right. I just can't. I feel like my bar for the for Mormons can be set so low sometimes. So part of me is like, well, I agree with you. But then also on the flip side, where they're probably coming from is like, well, I'm, I don't think they realize, because I didn't realize where my tithing was going, mm-hmm. what they tithing for. So it's like, I'm an active support, and I support your, um, support your decision to get married, and that, and, and just that's, that verbal support is what they think is an ally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a lot like um, my bar is set low because of how indoctrinated Mormon and uh, Mormons tend 
tend to they are yeah um but it's it's also like you can't just turn around and say you're not racist and then that's it Mm -hmm. and then not be fighting you have to be actively anti-racist you yourself can't be someone who cares about everybody without exploring not only yourself and like where you might be racist because i'm sure a lot of the people in idaho were like i'm not racist i don't see color but then they turn around and were microaggressive mm-hmm. or i was crying when they saw you because they just could not believe a black person could roam the world you know right. they thought fiction i think but it is hard for mormons to have that conversation with themselves because they're being indoctrinated every second and like you're not supposed to be reading books that aren't church approved right <laughs> right how are you supposed to search what the church does with the tithing doesn't that mean you're doubting in the church you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a very superficial thing to be an ally for them yeah it's just verbal support no other thing needs to be done it's i'm not gonna fight for the church to let gay people in because that's for god to tell the prophet but mm-hmm. i'm gonna say i'm and I'm gonna be your friend if you're gay right so like while I don't think you can be an ally I also set the bar very low so I can see why they think that they can put ally in their bio mm-hmm. or even but also it's the same for like if when people put BLM in their yep. bio and then <laughs> yeah or you know so it's it's something yeah but like I said, I didn't know when I was paying tithing what my money was going to. And I was quite upset when I found out. I said, oh, give me my money. Exactly. Give me my money back. If I had known I went to pay for your vacation, then I went to pay for legislation, legislation then you can be paying tax too. Right. You can't fucking up people's lives. Mm-hmm. And people who don't even believe in the same thing you do, right. telling them live actively paying people to tell them how to live yeah people who've never even heard of mormonism before out here trying they're trying to force them to be a mormon right (laughs) it's crazy it's It's insane well i guess we should wrap up the episode but really quickly i wanted to ask you if you could share any advice that you have for someone who's maybe going through a faith transition or a faith crisis and wants to get out, but doesn't know how. Doesn't know how. I think give yourself slack. I think um, because especially if you're in a high demand religion, you're supposed to always be, always be catching yourself failing. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to always catch yourself if you're slowing down. Mm-hmm. I think relax. I think relax and go with the flow. And wherever you're supposed to go is where you're supposed to go. Yes. And, and and just and sometimes it just gotta be, but you gotta relax. Yes. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And I will piggyback off of what you said and say if you feel like you need a different perspective, take a break. There's take a break. Mental health is so important and a church break is absolutely, in my opinion under the same you know umbrella as a mental health break a church break and mental health break to me are synonymous for a lot of people because sometimes when you are 
when your mind is racing and you have these intrusive thoughts and you're, it only happens in church, when you take a break and you're able to think about it from a clear-headed perspective, it's healthy. Like, you shouldn't be going to... You, you shouldn't be going to church if you feel unhealthy and unwell, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's not good. So if take a break and think. Where your source is. Exactly. Exactly. You listen to your body. Like, listen yeah. to your body. It doesn't It doesn't yeah, always need a, to be listening to the spirit. Listen to the body. Like that, That's a good one. Can I also add? Yes. Since leaving the church, I've put a lot of power back into my own hand by... You know, telling myself that anything I want, I can achieve. Absolutely. I, I, no, nobody's going to decide that I'm worthy enough to mm-hmm. live a comfortable lifestyle mm-hmm. or have what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to please somebody but mm-hmm. myself. So I feel like when you put the power back into your hand and w- realize that you are more than just the speck of dust that you are an infinite being with emotions and with the personality and and things that make you happy and things that make you sad and the same thing that makes your mom happy doesn't make you happy you don't have to keep pleasing somebody put give yourself more power yeah give yourself a break you know give Mm -hmm. yourself the worth that you need you know you're worth more than what a high demand religion says you are worth i promise yes I agree. Well, Lexis, the episode has come to an end. I am so grateful for you. Oh, God. Now I sound like I'm freaking ending a talk in church. <laughs> I am so I'm grateful so for the, the spirit. I know the church is true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, no. I can't remember, but I'm sure if I, pick a, if I look up a talk right now, it'll start and it will just... <laughs> The same voice. The the soft Utah Mormon voice. I am so grateful for all of you. Yeah, no. I am so... Wait, what? She is a general conference lady and she got up there and somebody decided to have tea and so she cried and said because they couldn't stop drinking tea, they're not going to heaven. Oh my gosh. I have to look this up as soon as we are done here because that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, I will let you go, but I just want to say thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing. Um, For anyone listening who's going through a faith crisis transition or just wants to talk, my DMs are open. Um, I will respond to anyone's message, whether hateful or not hateful. Um, If you really have to have something to get off your chest in regards to what we said, go off, I guess. But like, I think what a lot of what we said resonates for a lot of people out there and that it's just our honest um, experiences. So, um, yeah. So that's all we have. We will see you next time. And this has been Contemplated Chaos. I love it. Thank you for having me. You.